There we go. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grumpy Pony podcast. Uh, this week, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to do it by video because, um, as you may or may not know, uh, England is in a lockdown at the moment. So it means, obviously, we can't have the shop open and we're doing a lot of stuff online. And with the podcast, we're going to do it remotely. And this week, I am joined with, uh, by Tony. So, Tony, there we go. Hi. Just away from the Millennium Falcon. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and so today we're just going to have a little chat. So if you've got, like always, these podcasts, it's really designed if you want something to listen to while you're doing some painting or, you know, if you just want something, something in the background or you want to hear us talk some geeky stuff for a little while, um, this is the podcast for you. And I think today it's going to mostly be 40K and Age of Sigma. Well, mostly Age of Sigma, I think, so I've got some Age of Sigma stuff I want to chat about. Um and I know you've yes. got your hands on the Death Watch Codex, so we'll go over that. Yeah, yeah well, I picked that up from you earlier. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll go through those bits. Um, so the first thing I wanted to chat about really was um, sort of having lockdown and it being all remote and stuff at the moment. So we've sort of kind of gone over that now already. But um, mostly for the, for the most part now, we're just doing online stuff. So we're only taking orders online and it's sort of kind of weird having the shop completely empty i know like before that in the last lockdown it was all a bit new now it's just weird like people aren't around it just seems like a bit of a ghost town it's um i guess i, I think maybe we're all starting to get used to uh not having people not not being in a workspace not being not being in a yeah. shop um it's becoming a new norm and it doesn't i mean and and uh, other than the fact that we can't actually physically go in anymore um it just feels it doesn't feel that different this lockdown now even though no. we can't do quite quite as much like having gone into lockdown from what we were doing before i don't know what other people were doing yes okay we can't play games in the back but it's only for a month yeah yeah so hopefully, hopefully we'll get through it and we'll be fine um it just depends on how well the website does i suppose so we'll go from there but yeah it's just it's just a weird time really weird time and uh, you know the community at the grumpy pony has always been really really strong so i'm pretty sure we'll, all right we'll get through it um it's just sad not to be able to see people and to chat to people i think i'm i think having the shop sort of open again for that period of time and then going back into a lockdown has made me sort of miss it more. Yeah. You know, cause it's you, the, the, like I say, first time round, it was almost like a bit of a novelty. And now I got to get back and sort of see everyone again and people coming in and, and checking on, you know, checking on each other and all that. And then going back to sort of, Oh no, we can't sort of meet up or do anything. It's, yeah, it, I just, I just be glad when it's over, and if it is just for a month, I do just hope it is for a month because any longer than that, and I think that's going to be really, really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, the 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 good thing as far as you've been concerned for the shop, maybe. Yeah. Games Workshop seem to be pushing out so much new stuff all the time. Well, yeah, and that and that, and that can't have done anything but help you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's always it's every some... week there's something new coming out from Games Workshop at the moment. Yeah. And you've got this great community with mm. the Grumpy Pony that whenever something comes out, somebody wants it. 
Yeah, this is true. Yeah, so just, hopefully it just keeps up, keeps up, and we can just power through and be all right. You know, it's always hard to tell, but yeah, it's, and it's hard not to be a little bit nervous about it when it is like a bit all locky, locky downy. I don't, I don't like it. But I mean, certainly from my perspective, um, uh, and I'm, I'm sure for everybody else that, that, that's buying stuff from you and that's used to coming into the shop to pick up stuff, uh, I pre-ordered all the kit for the death watch i got the dice and the book and the cards mm. pre-ordered all of that and then i came down today i could have come down on thursday no i couldn't have come down on thursday because i couldn't have officially picked it up yeah but i came down today um and uh i was able to stand outside uh, you were operating a click and collect service which yeah. you're quite legitimately able to do yeah uh are we able to say a quick hello well, i say quick hello it's about 15 minutes standing outside your shop yeah uh, pick up all the stuff. I know it's not quite the same as coming in, sitting down, having a cup of coffee, but you still, you know, uh, from from the customer perspective, I was still able to get over there, have a chat, pick up what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Like, obviously, it's really telling. Like, I think there's some people that are just nervous about going out now. I think as well, they just don't want to go. And you know, that's that's totally fine. That's this. I totally get why why they would be. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not ideal for anyone really at the moment. The pandemic is so inconvenient. It really is. It really is. Could do without it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the depressing stuff out of the way. I'm not going to talk any more about it. Okay. Um, although I probably will. I'll probably mention it. But um, one of the other th the positives has been is that I've been focusing loads on the YouTube channel and stuff like that. And... Did my first sort of Grumpy Pony news. I watched it. Yeah. Can I add anything else? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna debunk your uh, your tinfoil hat theory. Listen, my tinfoil hat theory is solid. Look, I would love to see some crazy mushroom mushroom soldier head things. They'd be great. They 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 would be amazing, but they've already said that's definitely not happening. This is unfortunate. And, uh, what's that picture going to be there? Uh, there's lots of alien races out there, but they're not going to create a new playable faction. Why not? I, mean, I suppose they did with the... Uh, oh, what's the... There's a new Chaos faction, isn't there? Uh, who's the... Who's the... Is it Fabius Baal? Sons of Baal or something? Oh, Fabulous Bill. Fabulous Bill. Yeah. And didn't they create a new... You well, he, he was sort of creating a new, like, human race, wasn't he? So he's been working on, like, a new version of humanity, which are a lot more sort of predatory and feral. Okay. And I actually don't know very much about it, but I'm, sure, I'm fairly sure I saw something about there being a new faction. Well, I mean, they kind of are. They're his new humans sort of thing, so I guess they kind of are. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody will know something about it and can make a comment. Yeah. About this new faction. Yeah. But, and but there are not going to be any big walking mushrooms. Well, this is unfortunate because as a Gloom Spot Gits player, big walking mushrooms are the future. Unless you want to sort of create your own, you know, Tyranid alternate mushroom army, maybe that could work. That could be a thing. You could be on to that. Get someone onto that. 
or just get a load of tyranids with like you know the the mushroom and what's what's the uh i can't remember what they're called that begins with c um uh, but we get them on a like we get them on earth uh we get them in in the real world and they uh like infect uh mushrooms oh, the, the mushrooms the, the yeah. fungus that does it. Strange, yeah. like, thing coming out of the forehead yeah yeah, well, the, the um, Snackrot, the Loon King for the Gloom Spike Gits, has a staff that shoots fungus spores at enemies. It's really good. Because basically, if you take a wound, oh, leg. if you oh, take a wound... A bit more leg there than I think the rest of us wanted to see. So I'm wearing shorts, so... Um, if you take a wound with that, then you just continue to take wounds on it, even if you heal it back up. Because it just constantly is like growing. Away. Yeah, Lovely. which is great. But yeah, it's only like one wound, but you know, after a while, you're gonna it's gonna be chipping away at you, and you have to keep sort of rehealing that guy up rather than doing your other stuff. So I quite like that. Blue Spike gets are great for that sort of stuff. It's always about bringing people down to your level rather than uh, trying to fight them fairly. That seems fair. That seems very goblin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the way goblins should be used. But you're working on goblins as well at the moment, aren't you? Uh, well, let's say you're working on Yeah. Uh, so I think I've got them all together, although I might get another pack of spider riders, but I've got, what have I got? I've got 30 spider riders at the moment. I've got one of the big arachnorock ones with the wizard on top. Yeah. And the grot boss on a big spider. Nice. So How many points? About a thousand points. About a thousand points, I was going to say. That's, it, that's, that's actually one thing I did want to talk about today, and I completely forgot about it earlier, is... Um, talking about starting a new game and because people always ask me what the best way to start in any game is and I always say start small and one of the things I always like to do with Age of Sigmar is whatever army I pick the first thing I'll do is build a thousand point list with that army and yes. I kind of do it with 40k but not as much and I always find that my 40k armies are a little bit less coherent than my Age of Sigmar armies if that makes any sense so uh i know uh from from like from past experience like with with the 40k army uh, I, I guess we're all probably guilty of it you you i think you know certainly when i started thinking about my death watch it started off as a thousand points worth of death watch yeah and then i was like oh, maybe maybe i could have you can't because it's, it's very restrictive so maybe i could occasionally swap out and instead of having the watch captain i might have a librarian yeah um uh and i quite like one of those repulsor tanks those are really cool and then before you know it, you're like oh, i'm up to 1500 points maybe i'll maybe i'll build a 1500 point list and then before you know it, you say well most people are playing 2000 points i should build a 2000 point list uh but then i don't want to just keep bringing the same thing because if you bring the same thing to a competitive game people just build lists to kill well they work you out yeah so um yeah great start with a thousand points it's a good place to start and once you've got it you know you can really and um you can really uh learn that thousand points but i i would always you know in any if i'm starting any new army you know you start with the core of your yeah. army but you will always want to buy new things try new things out yeah well of course but like you say if you've got that core and your core is normally going to be if it's going to be that thousand points you know, like I did it. I did it with um, the fire slayers. I like, just just got a thousand points of fire slayers. I played them, enjoyed playing them, but I was like, okay, well, actually, I don't know if I want to progress with that army anymore. 
and by that point you haven't made a huge investment in that army so it's not like you've gone 2000 points in straight away you can sort of play around see if they're for you or not and then move on like to something yeah. else i guess uh, i don't know from the my limited experience with with age of sigmar like a thousand points feels like a reasonable small game it's yeah um, it's, it's, it's a small game it is a small game and and i guess uh one so, so one of the things i was saying you, know, you, you you build more units you know you build up the two thousand points and then you end up with like three thousand points or five thousand points of more imperial forces i have now but it gives me the ability to chop and change and swap things out but the alternative to that as you as you sort of demonstrated is certainly with the age of sigma is you build a thousand points of say fire slayers and then you build a thousand points of gloom spike gits and a thousand points of this and a thousand points of that so that if we say we're going to play a game of age of sigma i'm not thinking oh he's bringing his gloom spike gits i know exactly what he's got i know exactly how to counter them yeah mind you i do have like five thousand points of gloom spike gits. okay um but uh rather than just having that core that thousand points yeah um uh, you can either buy more things and make a more varied army that allows you to try different things each time, or just buy a whole new thousand point. Yeah, yeah, and you can, and it, well, it means, it means those big gargants. Well, I mean, it's very quick to do a thousand points with those guys. Yeah, like um, they're, well, they're 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 like four hundred ninety points each. So two of them. Yeah, so it'd just be two. So to make oh, it, yeah. to make it a legal army though, you still need to take um. The, the little guys, the regular gargants as well. So to make it a legal army, you would need one mega gargant and then a unit of three gargants, man crusher gargants. And then that'd be a thousand points because that'd be about 490 as well, I think. So you'd be just a little bit... A restricted army. I guess it's kind of the, the Age of Sigmar equivalent to... Uh, Imperial Knights. Knights. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I was talking about it in um, in one of my videos that the way I'm thinking of running that army is because originally I was going to have, you know, you've got the three big guys just doing their own thing. And then essentially two units of three of the Man Crusher Gargants. But with Age of Sigmar, it is, ex well, not exclusively, but pretty much all, all the games that I've played recently been objective based and you've got quite a few objectives on the table mm -hmm. and you get rewarded for holding more of them than your opponent similar to some of the scenarios in 40k problem is if you've only got what four or five actual units on the table like you're, you're only you're going to be struggling to hold enough to get any sort of advantage um so even with the abilities of guys being able to kick objectives across the table. They can kick objectives across the table. Get, get off the <laughs> land. <laughs> so uh, with the knights, I know that um, in order to sort of counter um, the fact that they would often have model, model count wise, they would be at a deficit. Mm. Um, I think they made the knights that they counted for like 10, 10 models. For the purpose yeah. of holding an objective, I don't know if they've done something similar with the gargants. Or... Well, the gar my my two thousand, I think two thousand five hundred points or just under is nine models. But do the gargants count as extra models when they're trying to hold an objective? Yes, to... yeah, they do. Um, I haven't got the, the battle time to hand, but the the mega gargants count as thirty, 
and they can count as more if you give the the general a command trait you can count you can count as more um and i think every man crusher gargan is 15 counts as 15 but that can go up to 20 as well you can you can increase it okay yeah that's per gargan so can work out yeah but all i'm saying what i'm thinking is although you've got that you've got to physically be there to hold it yeah and if you've only got like i say if you've only got those few units as good as they are you know that you, you you're going to get surrounded pretty quick by other units i mean i was talking to james the other day and he's telling me about he thinks his iden fd can have got a good counter for a lot of the the behemoth stuff because they've got monster hunting units so i'd be really interested to see how they actually play against each other because i think my spiders just kill everything well they're goblins so they, they, you know goblins do have the advantage of being awesome so it'd be that'd well, be another one they haven't actually made it to the table yet nope but they are mostly assembled yeah well i can't wait to see them because that because you know they'll they'll use the um uh, gloom spite that battle tome but they're they're essentially their own like, mini faction anyway so we quite good to see them on the table and you, you getting someone you getting nick to paint them uh he's expressed an interest in painting the uh the spiders so yeah. um, once i get the case and everything and everything sorted out then um he may he may have a stab at them awesome no that'd be cool be cool to see them um always like goblins though any excuse to get goblins on the table so if it, yeah, I was going through the armies that I've got at the moment, and it's it pretty much exclusively destruction for Age of Sigmar. I think there's only I've only got two chaos armies, and I think that's it. There's no good guys at all. What about the dwarves? The dwarves are good guys, aren't they? Fire slayers. Well, oh yeah, I've got the fire slayers, but it's a thousand points, and I don't even think I'm going to sort of pursue that army though. Okay, and weren't you talking about getting? Uh, oh, what were they? The the there was the human the human army. The cities of Sigma. Cities of Sigma. Yeah, there you go. They're good guys, aren't they? I I find it hard to be excited about good guys, though. Well, I think that says more about you than it does about <laughs> the game. Seems unfair. I'm sure the viewers will agree. Yeah, goblins are great. So but because, because of that though because of that whole thing i am doing loads of reading up on iden f deepkin and luna f realm lodge because i might have a stab at doing a thousand point list of, of of them because they are like proper good guys aren't they like elfy elf stuff so yeah, yeah. I'll I, uh, to go. keep turning the light on it's the there you go oh there you go you keep, you keep yeah. dropping out. It's like you've got like, a spotlight on yours, isn't it? That's it. I've just got lots of screens. I've got my. I'm sitting at my work desk at the moment, and all my computer screens are illuminating my face, which they have awesome. tendencies to do into the early hours of the night. Mm. Oh no, I don't know why that just reminded me. But yes, as far as good guys go, um, wouldn't mind giving Caradron Overlords a go because of a certain Mister Bugmanson that's coming. Yes, I saw the model. In fact, I have the model up in front of me. Yeah, he's cool. He does look very awesome, and would I guess fit the Ken Hydra Overlords nicely? 
yeah and well and i do have like just a unit of old dwarves that i built and painted years ago uh with the the other bugman in it so the other bugman's rangers you know the old ones with all the guys with like, yeah, the, I think, the big yeah, axes yeah, show me yeah i've got a load of those so some old dwarves and i've got some character and overlord in there with a gun hauler so why not chuck in yeah. Mr. But those Bunker. aren't the dwarves you really want yeah yeah they could be that could be one that could be one that, that's that's not the dwarf army you really want to pay there's a different dwarf army you really want what's the, what's the dwarf army i really want well they're not the good guys oh well, the chaos dwarves right yeah so they're not here yet yet they're coming yeah haven't you they are coming I've done something. I've clicked something there. There we go. But um, yeah. So, what about you with your hobby apart from the spiders? You... Uh, so yeah, I mean, I picked up the Death Watch Codex or Death Watch Codex supplement today, um, which was a little bit disappointing uh, for my army. Um, well, it, but it, when it, you say that, you mean for your specific army so the specific stuff that i've got at the moment i don't have a coherent force right um i mean i i've got a a a, a legal army but uh it's uh everything that it uh, the, the weaknesses that it had before seem to have been become more pronounced in in with this codex supplement i can't uh i can't deal with the wide range of things that i thought i could well, that I could in the previous edition. Yeah. And they seem to have specialised units much more. So uh, in 8th edition, edition Death Watch, the idea was the kill teams could become a bit of a sort of jack-of-all-traits. They could take all comers. And the trend seems to be at the moment, from what I've seen, is that you really specialise. So you're specialising uh, only certain combinations of units can make kill teams now um, yeah and then you can specialize those kill teams to be particularly good at dealing with one one particular thing so they've got unit specialisms so you can spend an extra 25 35 points to give the squad uh, like a specific rule which is like reroll ones to wound against the troops battlefield role and if you take the mission tactic to do that then it's reroll all wounds for that yeah. particular unit so um from what I've read and from what I've seen, like the Death Watch is still quite a strong force. But if you were foolish enough to three years ago think I'm going to build a Death Watch army, and primary Space Marines are the way forward because they're going to be phasing out all the old Marines. Well, there was that rumor, wasn't there? I, I was one of those people. I, I was convinced that. Uh, I, well, and, the... and they still might. Yeah. But what it's meant is that I've been left with an army that doesn't have a lot of the rules that made the death watch certainly yeah. at the time that i started collecting viable so i'm not going to abandon them i don't think based on what i've read today yeah but, um i think i might be putting a few more pound notes through your till well, that's always before, good. They're ready, before they're ready to uh, take to the field again yeah so because you had three kill teams before i've got about um 30 intercessors yeah. basic intercessors um, I've got some Hellblasters, I've got Inceptors and Aggressors, but I can't mix the Inceptors and the Aggressors with standard Intercessors, so I'm going to need some heavy Intercessors. Ah, okay, that, that's new, isn't it? That's new. Yeah. Um, what I can mix the basic Intercessors with is the Outriders, the bikes. 
Cool. And um, I may I need to get a few of those. They seem quite sort of viable. And yeah. then um, there's the Phobos stuff. Again, yeah. I, I don't have any of that because I couldn't take any of that before. So that was so, just excluded to you because I, well, I didn't know. They, well, I thought you could just take that. No, no, uh, it was all very restricted. The only thing I could take uh, the only, any, any, out of those sort of three units that I didn't have was the Reavers. Didn't have any mm. of those. Um, uh, and that was it. In terms yeah, of I, I do really like that pattern of armour. I think it's really cool. I like that sort of, it's much sort of lighter weight. And there's all the, all the lieutenants and stuff that are in that Phobos armour always seem to be much more sort of like dynamic. They're like diving around, chucking grenades and stuff. I was really... So before before the supplement came out, before it was announced, um, the Phobos stuff I felt uh, ought to have been have have had a place within the Death Watch because it really is very fitting. Mm. You think like the Death Watch, like the, the the idea of the Death Watch is that they're not really a big army as such. You send these kill teams out, these versatile kill teams, with um, all of the best weaponry that the Imperium can provide them to go and well, do and like, alien stuff. Things. So they're alien hunters. So they're um, so you know, uh, you might send the Imperial Guard to deal with the uh, the Hive fleet or whatever, but yeah. you'd send a kill team in to the Hive ship to kill the main Hive, you know, the kill the brain of the main Hive ship to yeah. scatter them, um, or you you send them off to kill the Orc war boss to scatter the tribes before you know the rest of the Imperial forces dealt with the whole army. Yeah, um, like a specialist team. Exactly that, and I yeah. feel like they, they, they've sort of lost that, and I get why they've done it, because they've tried to make it more of a coherent army, mm. rather than this sort of thematic kill team kind of thing, and then to do that, um, they've sort of, they, they, they've, they've gone, they've kind of gone in the polar opposite, so from where, from where they used to be, which was units that could be very, very versatile, that could sort of take all comers, if you, if you spent the points and you tooled them out correctly. Yeah. It seems to be the opposite now. Like the, each squad seems you, you pay the points to really specialise them to do one specific task, kind of like Eldar, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have you 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 will end up with a squad that is specifically designed to kill troops, and a squad that is specifically designed to kill heavy support, and a squad that's specifically designed to do the elites or whatever. Yeah. Um, that I think is where their strength is going to come. Yeah, but also potential weakness. Uh, well, yeah, potentially. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, get the wrong matchup on the board. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I need to really delve into that book a bit further. To, yeah. To to see where it is. Um, but I do know that as it currently stands, the army that I have Need isn't some likely to be making any appearances until it's got some new new additions to its forces. Well, that's that's good news. Uh, for you, maybe. <laughs> well, I was going. We were going. We were talking about this earlier about the dice as well. And yeah, you... so yeah, we spoke about it briefly. I mean, I so I picked up the Death Watch dice because yeah. you know, you got it for a dice set. Yeah, they look great. My only bugbear, I think, is the fact that the uh, icon, the the Imperial, uh, the, the Inquisitorial icon, is on the six. Yeah, that's what it should be. So I'm never going to see it. Yep. They should put it on the one. You, then at least are, I get rewarded every time I roll the dice. See, now this is where you are totally in the wrong because the icon should always be on the six. 
Uh, possibly, but it just means I'm never going to see it. Because I, I remember I, I picked up some dice. This was oh, years ago, but it's when Age of Sigmar first uh, launched, when it first came out. I think, I'm sure it was. And there was um, Games Workshop did these dice shakers with either Stormcast dice or Corn dice. And I ended up getting the Corn ones, I ended up getting the Stormcast ones. And the Sigmar's hammer, which is like the Age of Sigmar logo, essentially, was on the one, not the six. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a big thing. There is not a good thing because you don't want to see it at that point. Because, like, I don't because, want to see it. because you, like I, you may not want to see it, but it's the dice roll that we roll more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I don't want to see it. I want to see that on the six. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, there we go. Well, we could put that in the comments so people can ask about that because, yeah, it, I, I, I've heard some very passionate arguments against having any icon on the one apart from a skull. Like a skull or the um, the apothecary symbol. Yeah, they're on the new the newer Space Marine dice. But I, yeah, there's some. I mean, I've got some squig dice as well. And I love the squig dice. Yeah, I love them. I love them. Right. But and your brother's not so keen on them. I, I, as I was going to say, the only time I'd use them really is against my brother because he reacts so strongly against them. Just for his reaction, it's worth it. Well, you know, look, I, I, I'm going to say it right now. I, I love it when those bouncy dice come out. Because for those people that haven't seen it, these are not just ordinary dice. Did you make them? No, though they were a limited edition Games Workshop release. It's brilliant. They are, oh, the lights are gone. Um, yeah. They are uh, rubber, bouncy dice. I'm, what I might do is do, uh, get a, put a video up and just show you them the rolling over the top of this. Oh, they're just spectacular. You get a handful of these things and you chuck them on the table and they go everywhere. Yeah. I'm surprised I've still got You can't tell what they read because the, the, the glyphs and everything are really hard to follow. Yeah. So it takes, I mean, it, it slows the whole game down uh, horrifically, but yeah. they're just spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. And yeah, the, even if you had a dice tray, they would just bounce out of it. It's just, it, they're brilliant. Perfect. What I would use, if, if I ever went to a... a Age of Sigmar tournament. Do you reckon they say I couldn't use them? No. Uh, well, the only thing I mean, if they, were, were they official games workshop yeah. dice? Yeah. Uh, then we I wouldn't say I wouldn't see a problem with it at all. I mean, like you look at them, they are they are not square. Yeah, they're all kinds of different shapes. They're definitely guess, random. The, the the argument is: Are they actually balanced? Are they fair dice? I'd say so because they are. They have a roll of six. Well, this is it. I mean, you know, I think if any opponent, certainly for the few occasions I've played you, uh, using those dice, they do seem to roll ones more often than anything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's exactly. you. Um, but uh, certainly I will never stop you from rolling those dice because they're, they're brilliant. Yeah, they're brilliant and they roll terribly. And they roll so. terribly. So, but And saying that, I've also managed to get my hands on um, the old ogre dice. They're not old, they're the, they're the limited ogre dice as well. Leo popped in and actually gave me a pack. Okay, just amazing. Um, yeah, he gave me a pack, so I've got some big chunky dice now. So when I use the giants and the ogres, I've got some dice that actually fit them as well. So it's gonna be awesome. I, I, I can't wait. I've got well, quite a bit more, quite a bit more skin to paint on those ogres, but I'm, I'm hoping by the end of the month they'll all be done. 
because I've just I picked up the the third big boys this week. So he's I've got the gatebreaker to build and spray paint. And then once he's done, that's the core of the army done. So awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. They're going to be great. Um, and then I've got to find out where I'm going to put them. They need more display shelves. Well, if nobody's coming into the shop, then you can, you can, you can really fill it out with display shelves. Well, yeah. Maybe if I just get, just fill the, uh, the front window up with giants. That'd be great do that or I might have a look and have some elves some filthy horrible elves so I, I walked in there the other day uh, pre-lockdown and I was kind of taking what are the new undead ones the bone reapers yeah the Ossiart bone reapers oh, they, look, they look pretty cool yeah there's um, get, get the spiders built first but there may be some bone reapers on the horizon I think well there's there's little bits. That's what I've, with Age of Sigmar, some of the battle tomes. That's why I, I just like picking them up now because the battle tomes have these little nuggets of lore and they're just filling it out. And there, there's one, um, there's this one creature and I can't remember its name now. It's the harv the, the Gothizar harvester, and all its job is really is to go around the battlefield at the end of the fight, picking up all the bodies stripping all the skin off of the bones and then just putting the bones in his backpack so this is big horrible monster they basically is all his job is yeah just going around skinning corpses chucking it in the back and um you know they've got so then in the sons of behemoth uh, book they talk about there's the gatebreaker that really likes to just follow nighthorn armies around because they don't they leave all the buildings up for him to smash down and i assume He's just going around picking up all these big flesh piles and eating them. Great. Oh, it's a really lovely world that they that they seem to exist in. Oh, you know, yeah, it's get there's some there's some grim elements in it for sure. But the interesting thing with it is that things are sort of things started at chaos, sort of being in control, and they're slowly being pushed back. And so we've got to a point where they're sort of like they're pushing out. There's enough space now for civilizations and stuff to start getting comfortable um, and their chaos is starting to try and push them back down again but they'll be able to sort of withhold them, hold them but it's also got to the point where I think this is where this broken realm stuff is going to be really interesting because although Marathi is technically order she's in a position now to sort of be the thorn in the side of some of the other order factions as well because everyone's a bit sort of comfortable chaos isn't completely like railroading everyone like they were um and the gash has also got his his beachhead in the, the eight points as well so it's it's all it's very different from law that the storyline's progressing yeah yeah it's progressing and it's but it's also like there is there's there's characters and things that have been killed off and areas and cities that were set up in the early the early days and are now completely wiped out you know and there's new cities evolving all the time so yeah it's, it's really exciting actually I, I've, I've been really enjoying a lot of the lore and the the sort of changeable nature of a lot of the characters as well like they won't you know they're all very much their own creatures in their own way so although there's so many factions in order there's a legitimate reason why the Ideneth would be fighting 
against the cities of Sigmar as well. You know, there's there's law reasons you can justify it. Um, yeah, because that's always felt a bit funny when you know you you played uh, games in 40k and you've got you know space marines fighting imperial guards or yes. something like that. And like it always seems, always seems like well maybe they're traitor guard, maybe yes. they're recently traitor marines. Like it, it never you know it never always seemed to sit right why uh, you would get. Um, Imperial forces fighting each other. Other than yeah. the fact that I have an Imperial Guard army, you have a Space Marine army. We want to play a game. Yeah, we're going to play a game. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you know, for people who are really sort of more interested in that narrative thing, I think they've they've really sort of addressed that in uh, in Age of Sigmar. So you have you know, there's stories. Like I've, like I've been thumbing through the Ivaneth Deepkin book um, over today, and there's talk of like. Idenf just basically ransacking coastal villages and taking the souls of of the villagers and things to to help repopulate the Idenf and stuff like that. So, you know, they're they're definitely not always very helpful to the, some of the populations of the mortal realms as well. Yeah, and I like there's this this there's this dark fantasy element, but then you've also got say like the the Lumineth, who are much more sort of classic light elf type yeah they look really good too actually and they well they you know they have their their biggest thing to me at the moment just seems to be how arrogant they are they seem really arrogant and i think i can get on with that yeah that's that's it but doesn't seem like any faction is 100 percent anything if that makes any sense they all they're good and bad well you say that i mean i think pretty much all the chaos are pretty bad well there's no good yeah, there's, there's well, yeah. shades of bad. Yeah, well, then you know, there's the argument that a lot of the you know, in in Warcry, a lot of the tribes and stuff in that are just trying to get on and get noticed because that's all they know. You know, they've been living under chaos throughout this whole time. They're just mortals that are going. Well, we just want to get noticed and get pushed up. You know, they're not essentially evil. They're just trying to do what they they think they're supposed to be doing. And they're worshiping the gods that they think they should be worshiping. So I don't know. You know, I, I know, but you know, the the thing as well that I've noticed that in a lot of these books, Sigmar does not come across as the most level-headed of gods. So he's he's very much an idiot sometimes. <laughs> like, sometimes when he get you know, if you haven't read it, the in the um, in some of the first uh, campaign books that come out for Sigmar. Sigmar actually gets tricked into throwing his hammer. Okay. Galmaraz, he, he gets tricked into throwing it at Archeon, Archeon but um, ends up losing it because he was closing his closing all the realm gates at the time, and he thought, "Ah, oh, you know, I might." That's fine. Uh, I tell you right now, I know where the hammer goes. Um, if anybody has ever played, um, was it Warhammer Quest? Yeah. Like the first relic you ever pick up, every time. The hammer. Every time I play this game, uh, <laughs> like your level one character, you're in a dungeon and you, you find this thing and then you roll randomly for this magical loot and it's Sigmar's hammer. And you're like, brilliant. I'm a level one character with Sigmar's hammer. Yeah. Well, and then magically it manages to get transported to the next dungeon um, that uh, you roll up some level one characters for. It's always in a level one dungeon. Amazing. So that's where Sigmar needs to go. If he's lost his hammer, well, he's got it back now. He's got, he's got it back now. He gave it to, but he realised he couldn't be trusted with it, so he gave it to his Celestine Prime. So his Celestine Prime's got it, and he uses it like an adult, roughly just throwing it around. 
So, yeah, but there was that um, the advert, the Games Workshop came out with, I think it was, it must have been a couple of years ago, and uh, it's a Stormcast going up to Sigmar saying, you can't solve all your problems by creating another chamber. And he's like, to hell I can't. So they just like create another <laughs> chamber. <laughs> but that is basically like, whenever I've like, read any of the Age of Sigmas, I just imagine him like that, this big blowhard of a character. He's just like, is come on, like, every more speak like, I, uh, Every time I imagine Sigmar speaking, I hear Brian Blessed. Well, he's just got Trek to me. Mind you, he's, 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 didn't he do the voice of... He's done the voice of got Trek. Yeah. Yeah, so he's the voice of got Trek now to me like uh, some people like Sarah was saying I was talking to a couple of people and they were saying oh he's he's far too shouty I was like well he's a dwarf slayer that's been knocking around in the realm of chaos for eternity so he's going to be a bit shouty isn't he yeah quite possibly yeah so yeah I like those 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 audio dramas are quite good there's um there's one that I think was it. There was a 40k one that Catherine Tate did as well. Yeah, she's. Um, I might have to look it up. Uh, I know there was one. I, I mean, you know, you say you mentioned Catherine Tate, and I immediately go to the Doctor. And I know that there was one that David Tennant and Billy Piper did. They did a, some audio books, didn't they? Was that just 40K. Doctor Who? Was it? Or? No, no, no. 40k audio books. David Tennant and Billy Piper, but I think they were the kids' ones. Oh, no, she was Inquisitor Great Greyfax. Okay. Yeah. She's quite good in that as well, actually. I quite like the way she did that. I mean, you, you know it's Captain Tate. She's got such a distinctive voice, but she's, th th that character is not what you'd expect from an Inquisitor. You know, like, I think that Eisenhorn's done it really well, the way... Um, his audio book, his, well, his books in general are just really, really good. Eisenhorn, didn't we speak in one of the early podcasts? Isn't there yeah. a series coming up about that? Do we well, know what's happening with that? Well, it was rumoured. It was rumoured and it was, it was going to be a Netflix thing, but I haven't heard anything else since. I've not heard anything else. But I, I, I remember I, we got all very excited about the prospect of it, but haven't heard anything else since. Yeah, well, maybe it's because of the pandemic and stuff that it's been delayed or whatever but i still think that's the best way to explore 40k is through the eyes of an inquisitor because they just they just have access to everything yeah you can sort of see everything and you don't have to worry about doing this grand scale stuff because you can do that, that can be the background i was who was i talking to about this oh the lights gone again um who was I, I was talking to somebody about this um and how if you think of any of the big epic war movies um that you've seen um like yes they might have a big battle scene but most of the story happens with just a small group of people yeah who can act independently of the battle yeah got the same front line same line. yeah you know there's this massive great big world war going on around them but they're just you know a bunch of guys trying to get through it well yeah i mean but that, that i think that's how it works you know because otherwise it becomes too big you know it's just it's like if someone's chucking like huge numbers at you and you've got to try and picture that, you're like, well, that just, just sounds like a really big number, you know? But if it's like you can actually almost sort of um, familiar, familiarise yourself with a certain group of individuals, 
then there's a lot more stakes in it rather than just being like, oh yeah, planet full of people. Yep. You know, so I think that's why things like The Witcher work as well, because The Witcher's like that, where, you know, there's this sort of huge world there, but you explore it through the eyes of a Witcher, you know, who has a special kind of access to the world, so he can see everything that, say, the average guy probably couldn't see. Mm -hmm. You know, what if he did, he'd probably be killed by it. You know, it's that sort of level. And I think the Inquisitors do the same thing, that they have access to it and they have the ability to com combat a lot of the stuff that they come across. You know, so, yeah, I think that's why it works. I think that's why, as well, that um, Gotrek and Felix were, when those books were, were, were a thing, you know, back in the day, because although Felix was just a normal human being, he was very exceptional in his way and he was backed up by a dwarf slayer that happened to be one of the strongest characters in the in the world at the time so he was able to go and see all this stuff and be dragged along to the ride and be able to sort of hold his own to the best of his ability which was still quite good and still see everything that's going on whereas a normal guy would have just been wiped out instantly i just think yeah, it yeah. thanks for good storytelling yeah, it does. I really, I really enjoy that. And uh, you know, after after the um, Gotrek audio books, I went back and got all the uh, Gotrek and Felix books. So I'm going back through them. I'm at Demon Slayer at the moment. They're really good. Those I love purely for the way they depict the Skaven. The, they I've read just, any of these, so, have you not? So, no. The 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 way that because the, the, the Skaven like. As someone who I love goblins and goblins are completely different from Skaven. A lot of people go, Oh, aren't they kind of similar? They're not. Right. Yes, they are both like horde armies. But goblins are they'll they'll just mob up and they'll just swamp stuff. They're only interested in just getting through and getting as much plunder as they possibly can. Most of them aren't really scheming on backstabbing. You know, Skarsnik was like that, but most of them just want to survive the next day and to just do their own thing. Skaven, they just have this constant belief that they are the best Skaven that's ever existed. And even if they're just slave rats, they think they're still the best Skaven. And if anything goes wrong, it's never because they've done something wrong or someone's done something particularly heroic against them. It's always that they've been double, cro double crossed by another Skaven. And it's always that you've, you've, upset my plans and they're just constantly blaming each other for every, anything that goes wrong and um, Thankwald does it all the time where he, he, he does a lot of these sort of inner monologue Thankwald trying to work out in his head who's possibly sent Gotrek and Felix against him this time even though it is just blind luck that they happen to be in the same place at the same time he's thinking that there's people in the Council 13 backing him up like trying to kill him and it was uh -huh. and he's just just the paranoia going on about it. And, and they're constantly eating um, weird stone or warp stone. So it's making them paranoid and like crazy. Like he's just, just off his nuts constantly on stuff he shouldn't be eating. And they have things like, um, there's, a, there's a really funny bit where a messenger turns up and delivers some bad news to Thankwell. And in his little monologue, it says, you know, as his tradition, Thankwell kills the messenger in a particularly gruesome way just because that poor Skaven just happened to give him bad news. 
and it's just but that is like a, a run of the mill thing for the skate and they just kill the best in no matter what and often it's just expected. sounds like a rubbish job yeah but it's also just expected that the messenger will just read any message that's given to him and try and use it to blackmail the person that's given him the message and stuff like that so they always feel that they've got a, you know it's just the skaven fact like what one of the funniest factions really that's ever been created i think they i think they really come come across like that in the got trick and felix awesome yeah so if you haven't read them i definitely recommend it which i'm assuming you stuck or can get your hands on. I can get my hands on, for sure. Um, them and the, the new Got books as well. I think the last one was Ghoul Slayer, the Got Trek. So see, with that, it's interesting because because Felix isn't around, they've given him a new character to sort of go around with him, and that's taken some getting used to. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad. It's just different. And it's just just getting used to that that different character, um, but she's quite capable anyway on her own. You sort of believe that she would do all right without Gottrek around. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it's taken a bit of getting used to because you sort of feel like actually, as good as Felix is, is he needs Gottrek around. Well, maybe they'll come back to him. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Felix is meant to be, well, he's, I think he's not dead as such, but he's not, he's not around. He's in, he's in some weird sort of pocket realm. So, uh, hopefully, they, hopefully they bring him back, yeah. I mean, the good, the good thing with the way the mortal world's realms work, they could bring him back, and it would make, it, you, you wouldn't need to do a hell of a lot to get him back in there. You can crowbar people back into the story nice and easily. Oh, it's yeah. magic. It's magic, the old world... Is the core of the old world still around? So maybe you've got his essence from there or something. I don't know. And he, well, he's in a pocket realm anyway. So Grimnir put him in a pocket realm. So all we need to do is get hold of Grimnir. Grimnir or is it Grungi? One of them. One of the dwarf gods. Somebody will fill that in. Someone will tell me. Yeah. But um, yeah, have you got anything else to add, mate? I think I think I am all waffled out. Yeah. I well. Uh... As I say, the only things that were really interesting for me at the moment were... Did we talk about the playing cards that we just saw? We spoke... No, I don't think we did, did we? No, the Indomitus playing cards have yeah, just I'm been not... announced on the... Uh, as I think you said pre-order today? Pre-order today, those are, yeah. They look pretty cool. Love a good bit of uh, uh, iconography. Yeah. Um, although they haven't given us any idea. Of, I don't know what the actual cards are going to look like, or if it's just, as you said, I think you said the backings. Yeah, um, as far as I know, it's just the backings because I think that they would show a front. Well, they, so it sort of says here, 54 playing cards split into four suits, Imperium, Astartes, Chaos and Xenos. Ah, so if there's okay. four different suits, actually, and two Harlequin Jokers. So actually, I think maybe there might be... That sounds pretty awesome, actually. Interesting. Yeah, because so, uh, last time they did it, they were just playing cards, like regular playing cards. So... If they've got some extra bits on them, because I know some people were like, "Oh, I really want them to make the Emperor's Tarot," but there's no sort of definitive. This is what the Emperor's Tarot is, so it'd be really difficult to actually do that. Well, if anybody can make it, I would assume GW would uh, be able to define what that Emperor's Tarot is. Well, yeah, but the thing is, you can't really make it canon because every time it's used, it's described slightly differently, and it's been used as a 
sort of plot device as well, the Emperor's Tarot. So you don't really, I don't, you don't really want to make it canon because you want that flexibility to use it how you want because it's meant to be changeable anyway, the Emperor's Tarot. They are cards that essentially change. So, oh, unless you do hologram cards. Uh-huh. I'm in for hologram cards. Ignore well, I everything I just said. Bringing the Empress Tarot back. cards. <laughs> 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 in the meantime, I think you could put me down for some of those Indomitus playing cards. Right, I think they sound pretty interesting. And uh, I wonder if anybody else might similarly uh, want to get get their hands on those. If you check out the Warhammer community page. Yeah, well, they, they should be on my website as well. So, uh they'll be on there. Have I got all the builders? Should be on the home page at the moment. And that gets changed every week. As well as, uh, oh, yeah, was it um, Shadow and Pain is on there as well? Yeah, the new box set. The new box set from Sigma. So, that's looking really good. Actually, that's, I, was, I was mentioning earlier in one of my other videos that. Um, you know, it went from people thinking that Sinesh was on the way out and not being really paid att any attention to, to actually getting some pretty glorious models, especially their characters. I mean, they haven't changed the demonettes or the, the sort of core of the army, but the, some of the characters that, that they've got recently and, and in their previous release, you know, the new Keeper of Secrets and stuff like that. Was that was the Harp one? Yeah, the yeah. The, um, That's gruesome. Entra Enchantress, yeah, and she's all that's awesome. Like, and the idea that the guy that makes the, the strings of the harp is essentially a volunteer, <laughs> it's like it's extra gruesome. Like, it's so never an argument to not volunteer for stuff, yeah, yeah, or to know what you're volunteering for, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it gets whittled down in some sort of X Factor style competition with some other um hopefuls, and then they become the uh. The strings of the harp, you know. So you got him, and then you've got the new, the new Seneshi Lord now that just looks like a total Seneshi deviant. You know, like there's just I was surprised because I, I actually was one of those people that thought, oh, maybe Seneshi's on the way out because there, you know, there's a lot of focus on the other Chaos Gods, and they were, you know, story-wise, well, in Sigma, Seneshi was pretty much out of the picture, but arguably. The way he's been written now, he, he, she, has been written, they, Sinesh could potentially be the strongest Chaos God going. So then, if we, if we finish off, if we round off, we go full circle. Yeah. You thought that there were going to be some new mushroom people, and there definitely aren't, in 40k. Still possibly. You thought that um, Sinesh was on his way out, and... Uh, they're, they're not. Um, Stronger than ever. Really you thought Primaris were going to fully replace standard Space Marines. Uh -huh. And it seems like they're not. So, uh -huh. so basically, from now on, uh, anything you say you think <laughs> is going to happen, I'm just going to assume the opposite. Listen, like, you throw enough thing. theories out of there, one of them's got to be right. Yeah, but all the other ones are going to be completely opposite. So I think I'm going to hedge my bets. I'll be, I'll be watching your next video, and if I think it might influence my purchasing in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> then I'll do the exact opposite of whatever tinfoil hat theory you come up with. I might even just wear a tinfoil hat next time. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, okay. Well, can't well, do anything else to take the shine off your forehead. I don't, well, look, I can't help it. That is just the way the dome is. It's not even like a... It's not like I don't grease it up before the 
before the uh, the camera goes, but someone actually mentioned the other day when after one of the other videos, they said, "Did you get someone to shine it for you before the uh, the video starts?" Up? No, it's just naturally shining. Just have a naturally shiny head. Lovely. Yeah, and on that note, I'll end it here. So. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Tone. Really appreciate doing the podcast with me this week. So next week, we'll hopefully have you and Mark. I might see if I can get someone else to join in as well, see if they want to. Um, and we'll do another podcast, probably chat some more about 40K and bits and the new stuff coming up. But yeah, thanks very much, Tone. Thanks, Ben. No worries. Right, thanks so much, everyone. And if you'd like to subscribe if this is your first time. Um, just give us a subscribe, tick the, the like button and all that stuff and uh, hope to see you next time. Cheers guys. Bye.